0: Experience season
1: two. Let's go. Thanks for joining us for season two.
2: Join the conversation with Matt, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family.
0: Hey guys, welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co host, Matt Gonzalez, and I'm your other co host, Ray Gonzalez. Well, we are so excited to have one of our great friends on today's episode. Marguerite is in the house. What is going on? So excited to have you on the podcast today. Hey, hey, guys. What's going on? (laughs) What's
1: going on? We're excited to have you.
0: We're excited to uh, have this conversation. It's been a long time coming, so we're excited to have you on uh, this episode today. So for the listener who may not know who you are, can you share a little bit about yourself, your passions, and what you do?
2: Sure. So my... As you guys said, my name is Marguerite Leach. I am married uh, 23 years to a wonderful guy named Eric, and uh, we have four children, um, ages 14 to 22. Um, And my husband is currently a school teacher. He used to be a pastor on staff, um, and he got called out of ministry to start another ministry, (laughs) which is pastoring high school high school kids in, uh, English. So he's a high school English teacher and he pastors about 150 to 200 kids a year, which is kind of interesting right now with, um, you know, the stay at home orders, um, school just finished. So, um, he does that. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, but I am, I I am also part of, uh, Keith Ferrante's Emerging Profits um, team. And so I'm about to take on the local school. I'm going to oversee it next year. And so he just handed that off to me actually just last night. So, um, <laughs> I feel so this like is exclusive you're hearing it here first. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yes. You heard it here first. Um, I'm taking it on and I feel like I've just stepped into a whole new thing. So I've never done a podcast before. So this is like, I feel like I'm stepping into all the new things. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I do that. And I also, um, you know, put out daily encouraging words, uh, prophetic words online, and, and I do lots of lives with friends right now on Facebook. So yeah, so that's a little bit about Me, but I am passionate about training up people and seeing them healthy, walk in healthy identity, walk in, um, you know, realizing that, A, they can prophesy, and B, that they might be a prophet. So um, Emerging Prophets is a really good fit for me, and I've really enjoyed it. It's been a mind-blowing journey, and I just love doing it.
0: Come on. so. Uh, For the listener who's listening right now who may not know what Emerging Prophets is, can you explain a little bit what Emerging Prophets is? And it's so exciting because you are a prophetic trainer, you're a prophetess, and you're a content creator. And so just all those three things coming together and uh, you just stepping into the newness of this. But uh, I love what you and Keith have uh, laid. Uh, Ultimately, we go to the same church here in Vacaville at the Mission Church. And just the culture that you guys have created in Emerging Profits, and now see uh, see you taking it over to take it to the next level. But for the listener who is like, "All right, what's Emerging Profits?" Can you explain that a little
2: bit? Yeah, sorry about that. I was I'm like I'm so used okay. to talking to people <laughs> that are like, uh, "Oh yeah, I know what Emerging Profits is." So Emerging <laughs> Profits is is a school um, and a community um, that has been started by Keith Ferrante. He's the founder. Um, And it is for people who think they might be a prophet, but they're not sure. Or even people who are prophets, because I actually went to to his school coming into it, knowing I was a prophet. Um, And just healthy identity, healthy foundations are built up. You learn to prophesy like a prophet. What does that look like? Um, You know, what does, you know, and, and helping them take it to the next level, really, because a lot of times people are just like, Hey, that's a really nice prophetic word, but what makes you a prophet? What sets you apart? And so, you know, we teach them how to do that, and um, really how to take it to the next level. They figure out what kind of a metron they're called to. Uh, so, you know, the seven mountains that um, Lance Walnow and and everybody else likes to talk about. So, what is their metron? Their sphere of influence, um, and. You know, they really begin to see what their identity is as a prophet, because I think that a lot of times um, what is showcased in the church uh, of what a prophet looks like is not uh, for everyone. Um, I mean, there are prophets called to every mountain, to education, to business, to government, um, to family. I mean, hello, you guys. Um, Uh So, you, you know, and what does that look like in that mountain? Um, because you know, a lot of times we think, "Oh, hey, I'm not a prophet because I don't look like Chris Valentin or I don't look like Cindy Jacobs or Stacy Campbell," and they oh. don't realize that they're they, they're actually a prophet, but they're called to a different sphere of influence, so it's oh. going to look different. And so that's what we help them discover on their journey. So,
0: and I love that because you said, I think most of the model that we've seen uh, for those who are prophets have been from a church standpoint. Yes. And I even see, you know, what, what, I, what we've seen over here year, we started a school of prophecy when we were pastoring in Stockton. And one of the things that I noticed right off the back was when we started training in the school of prophecy, we specifically had trainings for the seven mountains mm-hmm. and it really unlocked people because most people have been taught how to prophesy in the church. And if that's not your Metron, sometimes that gift doesn't kick open. And so you end up frustrated and you end up walking away. Well, prophecy is not for me. No, we all can prophesy. But what has happened is that many times you're kind of out of the place where you were created for to be able to bring the voice of God and clarity. And so I love that you guys do that. That's so amazing. And it is so needed.
1: Yeah, that's so good, Marguerite. You know, I, I love how you emphasize And you guys' training and just, it's part of who you are, but healthy identity (laughs) and and knowing that as a prophet and a prophetess is so important. You know, as, as you know, we are passionate about family and creating healthy family, prophetic family. We, we believe that culture is going to be transformed through family. And so a question for you would be as a prophetess, we would love to hear your thoughts on how important a family culture is in the prophetic.
2: And, and what, what are some of the things that you've done in that? Okay, so um, healthy family within a prophetic culture is incredibly important. Um, uh-huh. Anything that you want to do outside of, outside of family, uh, you're just going to have to start with family. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where it starts. Um, you know, if you want to have revival, it starts with family first. Yes. You know, how, how are you relating to people? You know, even if your spouse is unsaved or your children, are not, you know, they're pre-saved. So it still starts at home. It starts with your heart. It starts with being, you know, what does God want to do within your family? How does he want mm-hmm. you to act? And if that is not healthy, then it's going to show up in every area of your life, whether it is you're doing ministry outside the church, in your workplace, um, you know, within the, within the local church. Anything that you do and say, that place of family identity is actually going to come out in wherever you go, and so uh-huh. it's incredibly important for you to be uh, relationally connected um, to your spouse, to your children. What does God want to do within that that marriage, within your kids? Um, that's where it starts. <laughs> Love it. Love it. You know, one of the things that we've
0: seen in your life is the ability to create a community around the prophetic. And I think that's one of the highlights of emerging prophets Yeah, and that you guys have been able to create. What are some keys or steps uh, for the listener who desires to grow in that? Because I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces that creates health uh, in profits, yeah, you know, but it's also one of the greatest attacks is against prophets is to
2: isolate them. True. So could you speak into that? Just show your heart into that. Sure. I think that one of the biggest things is realizing a, that you're not alone. Um, yeah. you know, it, a lot of times as prophets, we think because of what we walk through and we, we kind of walk half a step out outside of time and you know that whole weird thing yes. <laughs> uh, so we we walk to different uh drum beat really yep. Um, and so that sets us apart, but it also makes us feel isolated. And so we feel like we're the only one experiencing this. We're the only one who's speaking into something. We're the only one who's, you know, dealing with, you know, feeling inadequate or, you know, dealing with whatever it is. We're the only one that's being hurt by the church. We're the only one that's not being listened to, you know, <laughs> one of those things. And I think realizing that you're not the only one is probably one of the biggest keys. The other one is, is that um, you're going to have to let down your guard.
1: Um,
2: You know, I know that there is a safety that is, that is put into place around a lot of people's hearts who, who are highly prophetic or they're prophets, or they don't even realize that they're highly prophetic or prophets because of the weird things that we experience. And trust me, people, you know, I know how weird they are being a prophetess and I try to normalize things as much as I can with you know because I want to make it relatable but then on the other hand I do realize that some of this stuff is just strange and so we put this protection around our heart because we realize okay so we're sharing something with someone that we think will get it because they're a lover of God you know they they follow God they love Jesus and they look at you like you're out of your mind and they're like what do you mean a turkey showed up at your front door, you know, yeah. or what do you mean? You saw lightning in your house. How is that even yeah. possible, you know? And you're like, um, okay, I guess I better not go there with that person. So your heart becomes protected and even leaders and pastors, they may, you know, not always see the way that you see if they don't have prophetic people on their leadership team. And so, you know, there's, there's a level of protection that's around your heart because you've been wounded, because you've been misunderstood. Um, and so realizing that is that, you know, you have to begin to, to um, let your guard that guard down. And the other thing is, is that um, as a prophetic person or, or a prophet, emerging prophet, is that you um, cannot go deep right away <laughs> with everyone. Wow. Um, you know, that's something that we talk about with with people in emerging prophets is you have to learn how to be social. Social awkwardness is a real thing with prophets. Like I used to be one of those social awkward people. Like God put me in training for 20 years within the pastoral role, which I was like, I am so not a pastor. Like you say, I'm pastoral. Thank the Lord that you say that because (laughs) I had so much training in that. Like I was socially awkward. I, I, for real was I didn't know how to have a conversation. I didn't know how to just talk about the weather. I just wanted to dive deep, you know? And so knowing that there are different levels of vulnerability that you need to dive into with people is super key. And so that's how you can begin to build community and prophetic community. And if you are able to go really deep with a person, that probably means that they're within your, your, um, you know what people like to call tribe right now, or community, yeah. or family. You know if that, if that resonates, but not everybody is going to get that, and so you have wow. to realize that 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 is there. Right. Wow.
0: You know, I love what That's you're saying, good. right? I just a follow up into that. You know, you just said you have been in the pastoral for so uh, so many years, and then now you're transitioning to, you know, not only this office of a prophetess, but actually training and creating schools where other Uh, Prophets or people who are not sure if they're called to be a prophet are discovering that. Yeah, And like you said, there's that awkwardness many times. What would you tell the leader right now who's listening, uh, who may have some people around them? How can they become a safe person for them, uh, for those who are very highly prophetic, to be able to trust them and open up? Because you've been on both sides of the coin now. You've been seeing both sides of the areas of being a, you know, being a pastoral where you've had some of those people where you're just like, oh, I, I don't get it, you know, but then you're on the other side too, where, you know, we have been those people where like, like, yeah, you don't get me. Like I'm having these visions. I'm seeing these things. And all of it's very biblical. Even like, I mean, I mean, God's training Jeremiah by he's seeing an almond tree. And it's just like, I saw an almond. I mean, just you read some of the accounts it's just so could be like, uh, you know, we read the word and it's not weird when we read it, but if you actually <laughs> think about the encounters, I mean, some yeah. of them up to heaven by their hair. I mean, I mean, just like you read this stuff and it's just like, you, I, Hey pastor, you know, this week, uh, God pulled me into heaven. And he pulled me up by my hair. I mean, that <laughs> sounds weird, but we read it in scripture and it was a real yeah. encounter. Yeah. So the question is how can a leader become a safe person for uh prophetic people? Uh, so they can begin to see that prophetic culture created around them?
2: Um, that's a really good question. Um, I would say that some of it is realizing that not every prophetic person that you run into is is um, is off their rocker. <laughs> and kind of treating it, you know, not treating it like that, like they're the weird person in the room. Like, <laughs> um Yes. do are, are there people that are just really super bizarre and and try to legitimize uh, and use the prophetic as yeah. their thing, their excuse? You know, you we've all run into people that are yeah. incredibly weird. And you're like, OK, you're just using the prophetic as an excuse to be weird mm-hmm. instead of <laughs> instead of the other way around. You know, that's a real thing. And, and I, yeah. I know that people they get that. So, but not every person that you're going to run into that has a weird experience is that person there, wow. you know, and you need to realize that. And so um, just having having a conversation with them and also turning your discerner on in that um, is, is really important. Just discerning, okay, what is this person saying? Are you really listening to them? Are you hearing them? What is that experience when they're relating it to you? What is that feel like to you? Or what does it sound like to you? Is there peace attached to it? Or does it feel just really crazy? Like, lady, you're crazy. And you're just using the prophetic as, you know, just kind of a, an in to be weird there's just conversation that's person to person conversation that needs to happen with prophetic people. They need to feel like they're understood. They need oh, to feel like yeah. they have a voice. There are going to be a lot of wounded people that come to you who are prophetic because they have been so misunderstood. Um, And so just letting them know that hey i just want to create conversation with you and i want to hear about your experiences it is really key for someone and um you know allowing them so a good. level of access to your heart mm-hmm. that you may not feel comfortable with is pretty key actually because they need to know that you're actually listening to them um because you know if you do not have someone that is a prophet um, within your church, that's going to help you. Then you're you're the person that's going to help get them healthy. And what does that look like? I would also, you know, if you're a, a leader or a pastor who's who's in a church that doesn't have any prophets or think they don't have any prophets yeah. within their church, because I feel like there are a lot more prophets within the church than people realize, mm-hmm. because of what you know like what we talked about earlier about the way that it looks within the church and what we've been shown is that. I I would get in contact with a prophet or prophetess that you know of, um, or if there is no one, then find a leader who does (laughs) Um, find someone within your circle of friends, you know, of, of other leaders and pastors that knows one that knows someone that is healthy or even reach out to someone in emerging prophets like Keith Ferrante or myself or, you know, um, and ask them questions like, how do I deal with this person? Um, yeah. you know, are they legitimate? <laughs> you know, because a lot of times they are. That's and so and they they just come in with their defenses up because they've had so many experiences of being rejected. And how do you deal with a rejected person normally without the weirdness? You gotta treat them the same way. Yeah. So, That's
1: so good. good. That's
2: so good. You know,
1: I know because we had a a school that was regional. You may have gotten this as well, but we would have a lot of people that would come to either our transformation school or, or prophetic school and they were coming from other churches and they were hungry. They were hungry for more of God. They were hungry for the prophetic. And so my question to you would be, what would you tell the person that maybe comes to you? Maybe they're coming to emerging prophets and maybe they go to a different church and maybe either their church is totally against the prophetic. They're they're outright, we don't do that here. We don't believe in that. That is not for today. Or maybe they are open to it, but just aren't modeling it. They d- maybe don't have anyone on staff modeling it and they just are kind of like neutral about it. What what do you, I'm sure you've had that experience. What do you tell that person that is trying to decide, well, is it time for me to move churches or what should I do in that situation? <sighs>
2: Um, I would point blank, tell them, do not move unless God is telling you to move. You know, you're at that church normally for a reason. Sometimes it is to bring breakthrough. Sometimes it is help to help usher in the prophetic or the next move of God. And sometimes people just get so frustrated, uh, with what is not happening that they don't see what, what is happening and they don't partner with God in what is already happening. And, um, sometimes, you know, you get placed in a church and you're like, this is a really, uh, I don't know what to call it except for, you know, a vanilla church. It's so nice and sweet. (laughs) And, and um, wow, this is just really nice, (laughs) but it doesn't feel like it's power filled. And um, what happens is like, you're like, I don't know why I'm here. You get frustrated, but really is I would say stay at where the, in the place where you're at and begin to bloom where you're planted because this is where God has you for a reason. And unless He tells you to move, you will run into the same problem at the next church. The grass mm-hmm. is not greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. You are, you know, God has positioned you. And sometimes I don't think that people realize that their assignment lies within the church than where they're at. And so. You know, God has positioned you for the assignment that you're supposed to complete. And if you don't stay, you're not going to complete that assignment and you're going to have to redo it all over again somewhere else. Um, so, you know, yes, I, I realize there's a frustration there, but there are ways that you can. I mean, we have stuff online. Where you can fill yourself, you can learn, you can actually connect with people and build your community that way. I mean, there have been lots of places that have, you know, uh, a group, you know, that meets once a month, um, like at the mission, you know, we have activate that happens, you know, that used to happen once a month, but now it's, it's changing up, but where you can find community and connect with people that are like you and learn while staying in the place where you're at. And I know sure. that's not a nice answer. No, <laughs> it but terrible. it is the right answer because God God has you in a place for a purpose.
0: Yep. I mean, we always always had a saying, you bloom where you're planted. Yeah. And I love I love how you just said that because you know, yeah. people sometimes think uh, you know, uh it's always green. You know, the grass is always green on the other side, but in actuality the grass is green, where you take responsibility in water, mm, wow. and, and sometimes we fail to do that because we we think it's always better on the other side, you know, and so I love that so much wisdom in what you just shared. you know, um I want to ask you another question. you know one of the things that is being highlighted right now in this prophetic season is what I really believe is the restoration of mothers. You know we have a lot of revelations, been a lot of great teaching on fathers, spiritual fathers, fathers in the church. Um, and I know just personal my testimony I was talking about this the other day uh, in our staff meeting is that you know I've had many mentors and spiritual fathers, but I've had not had many spiritual mothers because there's been a void of just kind of that mothering heart, which I really re- which I really believe represents. The nature of the Holy Spirit. So I don't don't really feel like we've experienced the fullness of the Holy Spirit in church because there hasn't been room or an awareness of how uh, to train up and champion mothers uh, in the church. And I say that because I want to ask you a question in that, just kind of leading that up. Uh, As a mother, both in church but also a natural mom, uh, how have you modeled or implemented? Uh, the prophetic in your home as a mom. And also, would you speak to what you're seeing in the church too uh, about the spiritual mothering and uh, that aspect of how, you know, just what the Lord speaking to you in that area.
2: Yeah. Um, and Let me address the mothering within the church first, and then I'll go into the mothering within, within, within family and how I modeled that. But I, I believe that I agree there, there is being, there's room being made for mothers within the church and I feel like a lot of times people moms and women do not identify with being a mother within the church because it sounds it sounds like something that is not very <laughs> palatable it doesn't yeah. sound fun it doesn't sound like you know hardcore like I'm a warrior no, I'm a mom and I'm going to take care of babies and I'm going to cook them dinner and burp them and change their diapers. And that does not sound fantastic at all.
0: <laughs>
2: but what what I, I think, I think there's a shift that is happening because I used to be one of those people. I would get, uh, prophetic words over me, like you're a mother in the church, and I'm like, I'm not a mother in the church. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't identify with that at all. And don't get me wrong, I'm like you said, I'm a mom in the natural. I have four kids, so I must love kids, right? So, yeah. um, I was like, I don't identify with that at all. But when I began to see what a mom is really about being being in the spirit, it's like you can be a warrior mom. You can train up warriors. You can trade up, you know, hardcore, you know, go-getter, Children with within the spiritual realm, and you know, and have those spiritual children, and 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 being a mom in the spirit does not mean that you, you're a mom in the natural. You can, you don't have to have kids. You can be a grandma. You can be a 15 yeah. and mother. People in the spirit. Um, I've had people older than me saying, you know, I feel like you need to teach me, and I'm like, I don't know about that, but you know, there there's just a wisdom of the Lord that comes on you when you embrace that mothering role and, um, you get to teach, teach your spiritual ch- children and in, in how to be a warrior. And so I think that if moms, spiritual moms begin to change that mind shift of like, I'm taking care of all the non-fun stuff, um, to, this is really actually really key. And it's actually a lot of fun. Um, you know, raising up warriors, that's, that's a, that's not a sissy lot of job at all, right? Yeah, so that's my kind of my take for what is happening within the church and what I feel God is doing within that. As for um, doing, modeling, being a prophetess and modeling the prophetic as home, um, it's an interesting journey because I didn't realize I was a prophet um, until much later. And, um, you know, and I knew I was prophetic and I actually discovered that, um, you know, when my, you know, right before my youngest, uh, my oldest was born. And so I really grew in that journey for myself. So I'm just trying to model that I had no grid, I had no paradigm for that, like, it was, we were all learning together. Um, And so, you know, teaching my kids about their dreams um, that they were having, and the God encounters that they were having. Um, You know, I remember my oldest had a, um, you you know, just a a dream about, you know, a ladder to heaven, a stairway to heaven and, you know, um, praying over, you know, dead animals and them coming to life. You know, how do you, how do you talk with a three-year-old about that? You know, and, and it's just, you just have a conversation like, Hey, that's, that's Jesus. And, you know, that can happen in real life. And, and I remember also my, my second youngest, you know, they, she would, we, so we would talk like that. And, um, you know, an everyday conversation and, and there was a point where, you know, I, I remember picking her up from preschool. And so this was a while ago, dating myself here. Um, so she, she saw some dead flowers on the ground and she's like, well, let's pray them back to life. And I was like, Wow, that's, you know, something is working here. And we would just practice also practice words of knowledge. Like, you know, I'm thinking of a number in between a hundred and, and one. What, what do you think it is? And, you know, we would play this game and we would get words of knowledge, you know, and, and my son, I remember my son just being blown away by some of the answers I would give. Like, how did you do that? Well, I asked Jesus, son, remember that's what we're doing here. Um, so, you know, just making it everyday practical like let's make it a game but this is also real um you know that that's how you model it but I also think that um you know you as they get older because I know your your kids are a little bit younger is that you just love them where they're at because they begin to make their own choices Mm -hmm. and um you know and I, I I really wanted to touch on I felt like I was supposed to touch on this you know when I when I read through the questions, but you just love them where they're at and making their own decisions and making their own choices and where they want to go, what they want to pursue, what they don't want to pursue. Um, And what does, you know, the development of a profit for you personally look like to your family? I had a moment um, a few years ago. So not that long ago, maybe four or five years ago where my two older girls sat me down and said, we were having a conversation and all of a sudden one of my Girls. I don't remember why she said this, but um, she said, Hey, mom, when you're when you're mad, you get really scary. And I was like, What do you mean I get really scary? I I don't get scary. What are you talking about? You know, and I just wanted to blow that off and I wanted to walk away from the conversation, but God halted me in my tracks and said, You need to listen to what your girls are saying. And I realized that he was talking to me about my prophet gift. And um, you know, that when you're really passionate, you can actually step into that prophet role and have it come out and it comes out and you get the scary mommy eyes and you get the, you know, the intensity of yeah. the prophet behind your words. And you don't realize how, how that affects your children because you don't realize the prophet is out. Wow. And so, you know, I, 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 you know, I apologized to them and I said, I'm so sorry. I did not know I was doing that. And I've yeah. tempered, you know, my, my passion <laughs> and, and I've, I've had to hold back, you know, that whole counting to 10 thing, you know, that people talk about, you know, to young parents, it actually is helpful in that too? just realizing, okay, I'm feeling, passion and intensity rise within me. Let's make sure that I don't step into profit and let's soften the edges on my words. And then how can I, you know, it's a very intentional decision of how can I just not let it fly? Um, and how can I just look at that and say, Hey, let's keep the sword out. Let's put the sword away. So, um, so really that's what it's, what something that has really been highlighted in modeling the prophetic, like what does a prophet look like in your home? What does a prophetic person look like in your home? Are you really intense all the time? Like there are, like prophets are super intense, super black and white. Most of the time, most of the time they don't have a high mercy gifting. They really have to work on it, you know, which is why God had me in the pastoral position for so long so that I could soften those edges, you know, <laughs> <Same> <laughs> I know. Thing me too. Wow. Um, oh, same. Oh.
0: Thing. you know, one of the things I love that you're saying right now, especially when you were addressing, you know, mothering in the church is that what is happening right now is there's a redefinition, a redefining of what that looks like. Yeah. Because I think there are so many mothers in the church, spiritual moms, but they have failed to take on that uh, position for two reasons. Number one, uh, in most church cultures, when there's a lack of mothers, fathers are very strong. So it's almost like if you want to be a mother, then you have to be very, very strong and you put on Saul's armor. And you put on the armor of the man and you act really, you know, I don't want to say you act manly, but you more you act, you you act out of your current nature. And then the other thing you said, which I thought was such a game changer, is that, you know, there has been this fear like, oh, I don't want to be a spiritual mom because this is my concept of what a mom is. Or maybe they 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 automatically think of their grandma or they think about their mom or, they you know, they have these pictures. And so it paralyzes them but what is happening right now, God is redefining what that looks like is we're in a, we're in a a redefining, you know, time, but also giving language. And I love that you're giving people permission to go on a journey to discover that.
1: Marguerite, that was just so good. And I just break off all shame to you mamas out there that maybe you, maybe you're a prophetess and maybe you found that you have been there. And I just feel like Marguerite, you just gave language to what that is. It's like, I know I relate to that. When you just shared that, I'm like, yeah, raising my hand. I relate to that. But you just broke it down to why it it is the way it is and i feel like it gives so much understanding to how to how to navigate that and it's it's so good. You know, i wanted to ask you another question kind of in the same vein but going a little bit of a different direction. You know, obviously you're a woman. I'm a woman <laughs> and being a mother is is so needed and so powerful, but just i guess my question is this, as a woman in ministry, as a prophetess, i know you talked about already being a prophetess there's things that you have to come up against in the church you know you talked about that there's just already some some hurdles it's just the fact that you're a woman you have to overcome and so i'm just wondering if you've ever experienced that and if you have you know, what have you done to navigate that and to not come under um, maybe Saul's armor or the pressure to be something you're not or anything along those lines? Or even
0: bitterness, you
1: know? Yeah. I mean, I know there is a, an element because we've talked to a lot of people that yeah. you experience rejection or you maybe you experience just being overlooked um, or not having a seat at the table or your voice isn't as important as the other guys on, on the, on the team, you know, there's real things that are there still. And, and it's not always comfortable to talk about them, but I want to talk about them. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Me too. Please (laughs) share if you have experienced that. And if you've never experienced that by all means, we want to hear that too. Yes.
2: Um, I think I, I, I was in a church um, before this one, um, before going to the mission where there was a really strong, a uh, powerful pastor's wife who took an equal seat at the table. So I was really blessed with that. But I, it, that doesn't mean that I didn't feel the pressure of being a woman. Um, and you know, especially a prophetess. Women um, for prophets and prophetesses, there is something that happens because they're meant to be a voice. They really deal with um, an onslaught of feeling insecure, inadequate, not good enough um, because they're supposed to be a voice and they're supposed to bring breakthrough. Um, and because that happens, you know, they already deal with that and then bring in the woman element as well. Um, I actually have an amazing husband who supports me 100%, has always pushed me forward. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I had, you know, uh, an an amazing example of what a strong, powerful woman was, but I believe that she actually took on Saul's armor as well at times, but you can definitely feel the pressure of even people within the congregation that are like, you're a woman. I don't value your voice as much. Um, and, and and it's a fine, you know, it's a fine line to walk and just be like, I don't care about this, but I want to Break the glass ceiling as well. Like, how do you not be offended? Um, and it, it's, you know, you just have to stay sweet. And I think that's one of the, one of the keys in that is that you don't have to be a doormat. Like, there's no way, like, I'm not wired that way. Like, if fear and intimidation comes at me, I know, I know if I know what it is, then I know how to deal with it. Like, you know, I come in the opposite spirit. I, you know, if I feel inadequate, I begin to prophesy over people, like do what it takes to get yourself out of that funk. Um, Because, you know, and just realize that, you know, the enemy would love to shut you up. Come on. And, you know, there, you know, like you said, Matt, there's a redefining of what is happening. So what, what is happening, you know, what has happened in the past is that there's really been that. And if you're feeling, you can feel the, like the pressing down, like stay in your spot, be quiet, <laughs> be in submission, you yep. know, you, you, know, don't step out of your lane because that's not your lane when actually that's your lane you know, and you're supposed to speak up and you're supposed to give your opinion, but sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not valued. And, and I think that because I, I'm such a feeler, I didn't realize I was such a feeler. And, you know, in the beginning uh, of my journey that I stayed quiet for a really long time, even though I had permission to speak into certain areas. Wow. And, um, Yeah. So, you know, uh, God just helped me to break out of that, um, where I didn't have to, you know, some of that was really healed up in just coming to the mission and just having permission to just not having to prove myself. Like there, you don't need to prove yourself really to man or to woman or anyone around you. If God approves you, God's put you in the room. You're supposed to be there. You know, it's one of those things like you don't need to feel inadequate. Um, you know, even and I know this goes beyond just being a woman, but even if, you know, you're you're stepping, you feel like you're stepping out of your area of expertise and God puts you in a room, you're supposed to be there because God put you there. So, yeah. So, good.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, it's about that time. I mean, We could keep I, this conversation is getting so good. We'll have to do another episode. But is there any last thoughts you would like to leave the listener
2: today? Um yeah you know what just just be you um be the fullest version of who you can be mm-hmm. don't play the comparison game you know comparison is a thief it stops you uh from moving forward as quickly as you should um so you know just stay in with what god has shown you and given you and don't don't compare yourself to other people on how far along you are in the journey and that's really been something that's been on my heart over the last few a uh, few days and and so um you know it's it just realize what it is it's a thief it it stops you up it halts you from your forward progress and so you be you you do you you know because you're amazing <laughs> come on. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. So Marguerite,
1: where can people follow you to be able to glean from you and check out some of your resources?
2: Okay, so they can find me on Facebook for the most part right now. Just um, either they can follow me uh, under my name, Margaret Leach. That's my personal page. And then also um, I have a page called Destiny is Calling where I put out encouraging prophetic words and I do Facebook Lives. And so they can contact me there. So that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, you know, if if I do get a website up before that, which I need to do, <laughs> I will let you guys know so that you guys can add it in. Yeah. So.
0: Awesome. 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 Wow, man, this has been a treat today. Thank you for being on this episode. Yes, today, thank Marguerite. you so much. It's been a, it's been a fun conversation and just yes, appreciate your vulnerability, your authenticity, and just, you dropped so many great nuggets today, guys, make sure to check out the show notes to see how to follow Marguerite and to find out more. Uh, thank you once again, Marguerite for being on the show Thanks, today. Guys.
2: Yeah. Thank you.
0: And thank you for listening to this episode today. Remember, family is where life begins, destiny is found, identity is enhanced, and love never ends. If this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to rate it, review it, subscribe, and would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help us to extend our reach. Thank you for listening to the show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be
2: blessed.